Amen. Hey, if you're here for the very first time, we're glad you're here. Give them a huge hand clap. We're glad you're here this morning. We are glad. I mean, it would not be the same without you. I want to uh, spend uh, the next couple of minutes talking about this idea. We, um, we're going to jump into our new series and new season next Sunday. This one is just a, a, a one-off this morning. Um, but I want to talk about this idea of effective, not just accepted. Effective, not just accepted. My um, just went to... Uh, Went to um, a women's conference uh, just a couple of days ago, so, um, and she brought uh, Watson, because he was down in Austin, so Watson got to hang out with his grandparents, and uh, it was awesome, and, um, but I, I got to stay home, got to hang out with my little girl uh, for, for a couple days, and Piper and I just chilled, and it was awesome, and she's just the best, and I loved it, and she's kind of crazy, and so I love that even more, and... Uh, you know, when you get to a, a one-and-a-half-year-old, ha there's a lot of interpretation that needs to happen. Because they don't really, you know, they, they communicate, but it's not really, like, good communication. There's a lot of grunting and pointing, screaming and crying, uh, words that kind of sound like a word, but you don't really know if it's a word or not but you're trying to figure out if it's a word or not. And, she, and she's just trying her very best to communicate, um, but it's not, it, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not good. It's just communication, you know. So now, now do I love it? I, of course I love it. I, I love it so much. But if she stays at that level of communication when she's 17, there's a problem. None of you grunt right now, right? Like, <laughs> Some of you are like in the morning now. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about good communication. Like, because good communication, if, if she, I, I'm going to expect that she grows in her communication skill. So while I accept what she gives to me now in the form of communication, is it effective communication? No. But I accept it still because I love her. But I have an expectation that her communication will grow. Now, so, so if that's true with how I treat my daughter, how much more is it true with the way that we communicate to God? Right? No, no, I want you to hear this. Does he accept every communication from you? Yes. I'm going to say that again so we can get that again. Does he accept every prayer? Yes. Aren't you thankful for that? But there's a difference between acceptance and effectiveness. And that is why the disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to be effective in our communication, Jesus, because we want to grow in our communication. We want to make sure that the communication that we have towards you is right, is good, and is it, effect, and it is effective. So, so let, me, let, let me read this. This is, um, this is in Luke. I'm going to read the scripture. It's Luke. Chapter 11, Luke chapter 11, 
Verse 2. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation. So a lot of us have heard this before, correct? Right? Okay. So uh, now if you haven't heard this, okay. You just, this is uh, what is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Now a, a lot of people took this to see, okay, so I'm going to pray literally just like this. There's nothing wrong with that. What I believe, this is my interpretation, what I believe Jesus was trying to do was not just get us to say these words, which is great, by the way, that's incredible, I love that, but he was also giving us a roadmap to effective communication with God. He was giving us a, a, hey, look at this, and this is your template for how to communicate with God. And so for all of us, if we want to grow in our communication with God and not just be accepted with our communication with God, we must follow the template that Jesus gave us because the disciples said, teach us how to pray. And he said, okay, I'll give you this. And, he, and so he said, Father, may your name be kept holy. First and foremost, what is he doing here? Jesus is saying, Father, may your name be kept holy. What is he doing? He is worshiping. So worship is our starting line when it comes to communication with God. So when you come to God and you start talking to God, again, now I'm going to back up and say this again. Is every communication accepted? Absolutely is. But I want to make sure that I'm effective in my communication. So I'm going to start with this template. Start with worship. I love my son. Came back from Austin. He was coming in the door. I had seen him for three days. He opened up the door. You know what the first thing is? Dad, I missed you. That's what he said. Dad, I missed you. And then he said, did you miss me? You know, he wanted to know. Of course I did. Of course. And then he hugged me. He goes, oh, I missed you so much. And they said, you want to play some video games? <laughs> you know what my response was? Heck, yes. Let's do this thing. Do, do you know what was so wonderful about that communication? Now, this doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes he'll walk in the room and he'll be like, Dad, give me something. You know, it's not, it's not always like this. This was a, a one that I would like to highlight, um, but it's not the, you know, it's not the norm. And, uh. So, but I, I love what I saw there because the first thing that he did was he, he looked, he go, Dad, I missed you so much. Dad, I love you. Oh, man. That, now, did he have to say that to me for me to play video games with him? No. Absolutely not. But you know what it did? It gave me a window into his heart that I can see, wow, look where his heart is. There's this connection with him and I that is so good. Does God need your worship to be great? Is he some egomaniac that he needs you to keep saying how great he is because he's so not self-confident of his godliness? No, he does not need that from you. The reason 
that is so important that we start out with worship is because it focuses us on the thing that needs to be focused on, not, and it gives God a window into your soul that you're not so much interested first and foremost in you, you are interested in him. But a lot of times when we start praying, what is the thing we're most interested in? Us. God, give me out, God, God, you are some heavenly MacGyver that's going to get me out of every situation that I'm ever in. And then you're going to just work it out. And you're going to do this. Yes, yes, yes. He is going to do that. But if we consistently think that we're the gift instead of God being the gift, then we start not walking into not effective communication with God. Because it's not getting what, what Jesus said is the template that we all need to follow. I love our worship songs. They're amazing. So don't get this twisted. But some of these songs that we sing, when we even sing, God will make a way. Listen, I love it. That's awesome. God is going to make a way. But sometimes we sing this song and we make more about the mountain that we're facing than the God that we're going to see move the mountain. And so we connect with songs. Listen, no, 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 listen. We connect with songs that are about God, you will make a way for me. Instead of connecting with songs that are about just God. When we just say, when we sing songs like, God, your name is holy. Your name will never be put to shame. Some of you have a hard time connecting with those lyrics because it's not about you. And it's just about him. And you're like, oh, this is, I guess this is an okay song. But then when we start singing, God, make a way. Oh, yeah. Do it in my bank account, God. Do it. Do it. You look like an eagle. You just have to, ah, ah, ah. And you will get down with a song like that. But you start singing, in the name of the Lord, it's holy. Yeah, it's good. And now listen. Now listen. I don't think the song is bad. I think our interpretation is weak. And so now this is where it's getting into, okay, when I come to communicate with God, what am I going to do? God, you're holy. God, you're worthy. God, you are bigger than every circumstance I face. God, I thank you for what you've done. God, I know I am not worthy, but because of your son, I'm able to even talk to you. In this moment, God, thank No, no, no. See, this is how you start communicating with Father. This is why Jesus said, start it out. Start it out. May your name be kept holy. May, may your name be holy. Oh, God, I'm a, this is why we start out worship when we, get into, when we come to church Sunday mornings. It's not because we're trying to warm up for the main event. It's because we got to refocus our thoughts because we just got done putting the kids in the work and they're just getting here late. And God, oh, Lord, there's so many things. No, I got to refocus. Jesus, you're good. God, you are bigger than all of that other stuff that I just walked out of. And we start out with worship because worship is our starting line. Okay, what, what's the next? He, he said, may your kingdom come soon. We need his kingdom. We need his kingdom. But notice what Jesus said, may your kingdom come soon. 
So some interpret that as God end it quick. Okay, I can see how you get there. That's, that's some interpretation. But Jesus, if you look at what is happening and how he is communicating, you will see that he's asking for not a physical invasion, but a spiritual invasion into this earth. God's kingdom, meaning his rule and reign, come soon. Now, unfortunately, a lot of our prayers do not follow this template. We don't have effective communication because we... Have you ever seen the movie Toy Story? Uh, I got kids. And so I've seen it too many times. And I, I love it because it doesn't make me want to pluck my eyes out. So I'll take anything that is at least some sort of interesting. And so there's this moment in Toy Story where um, they're at this pizza place or something, and there's this machine that they fall, Woody and Buzz fall into, and, and it's, it's got that claw. You know what I'm talking about, the claw thing? And, and it, yeah, thank you, Evan. And, uh, and you know, they're all, all of these little alien things are worshiping this claw thing, and it comes down, and it picks one of them up, and they're like, nah, you know? Like, and it's, um, you know, it's, weird and it but they all the claw you know they're all and they're like you know so it's 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 weird anyway okay but I started thinking about it and I, I started thinking about this is how we want God to do in our lives we we pray we have this claw theology that we want God to pick us up out of our mess and put us into something better God, claw us out of my job, claw me out of my marriage, claw me out of my relationship, claw me out of my financial mess that I put myself in there anyway, but God, I still need to pull me out of this and pull me out of this bad thing over here, this bad uh, friendship that is beyond repair. God, claw me out of it, claw me out of my family situation, claw me out of this or claw me out of that. And I'm telling you, this is not what Jesus set up. He actually prayed, God, send your kingdom in, not pluck me out. And we, I think some of us are praying the wrong prayer. Now, are they accepted? Yes. God loves you and loves that you're praying. But effective communication would mean, God, you put me in this thing. Now bring your kingdom when I step into my job on Monday, the kingdom is coming into that job. When I wake up in the morning in that marriage that's a mess, the kingdom has woken up in the marriage. And all of a sudden now, every time I look at my bank account, the kingdom is looking at my bank account. Every time I get into that relationship and that text message that makes me want to backhand somebody, I stop. And the kingdom responds. Instead of God, pluck me out. Some of us are looking for God just to be that claw. And some of you are so are mad at God because somebody else got plucked out and you didn't. Or you almost got plucked out and then you fell back in. And you're like, well, I guess God doesn't really care. But the whole thing is messed up. Maybe you were meant to be there. Maybe you were meant to be in this church. 
Maybe you were meant to be in that relationship. Maybe you were meant to be in that connect group. Maybe you were meant to be in that family situation that feels so dysfunctional. Now, listen, I got it. There are things that God has asked us to leave, but I think we are much too quick to leave uncomfortable situations. Instead of praying, send your kingdom. Your kingdom comes soon, God. So I'm saying, what, what things are you wanting God to pluck you out of right now? What? What things? Think about those things right now. God, pluck me, pluck, pluck me, pluck, 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 pluck. Take that thing. Let your kingdom come soon. When I get into there, God, kingdom. What is God's kingdom? His rule and reign. In every situation. Don't pluck me out. God put you there for a reason. Give us each day the food we need. Give us each day the food we need. Do you see God as your provider? Do you see God has what you need because if you see God as your provider you will approach him as such but the way that you view him is the way that you approach him and so many of us view God the way that we view our earthly fathers and for some of us our earthly father has not been a provider and so because he wasn't a provider, we don't look at God as a provider. And so you start looking at God the way you saw your earthly father. So some of you see God as a judge. And so you con constantly come to God with your defense. Because that's how your father was. He was just a judge. And so if you didn't come to him with your defense, he wouldn't listen to you. And so that's how you view God. Some of you don't view God as a judge. You just, you just view him as indifferent because that's how you saw your earthly father. He was indifferent. And so you never got any attention from him. And so that's how you see God. You see God as indifferent to you. And so it doesn't matter how you act. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do or how you do it because God doesn't really care. He's got a lot of other stuff, bigger things on his mind than what's going on in my life. And so you view God through the lens of indifference, not understanding that Jesus taught us that God, he could see every hair that is on somebody's head and cares about every bird in the sky and cares about how a flower is, is uh, living and breathing, cares about all these little things, how much more does he care about you? That's what Jesus taught. But because of our experience with our earthly father as indifferent, we always view God as indifferent. Because our experience trumps our theology. And so because we don't look at what God taught, we keep looking at what life taught us. And maybe some of you don't view God as indifferent, but you view God as absent. 
because you don't have a view of your father because it wasn't around. And so because of that, it paints a picture of God as he's absent in your life. And so because of that, guess what? It really is all on me. You live life. Yeah, you love God, but really when it comes down to it, you're like, if I don't do it, no one's doing it. Because life has taught me that I don't have anybody else in my corner. And so when, when Jesus is trying to teach us how to come to God, and he says that he, ha- he will provide everything we need, it is very hard for us. Come on, church. It's very hard for us to see God as a provider because we've never, ever seen him like that before. And it's breaking up paradigms, and it's breaking up things that you've held in your life for far too long. And not to see God as somebody who can meet every single one of your needs and meet them to not just a little bit but exceed your expectation of what a need is when it's met so so let me go a little deeper just a little deeper on this with with this scripture Luke chapter 15 verse 20 this is how Jesus was explaining who God the father was You have a prodigal son who ran away, wasted all his money, came back, verse 20. So he returned home to his, who? Father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, meaning that he was looking for him before he ever saw him. God's been looking for you before you ever made a step toward him. God's been looking for you before you ever thought that I need to get back at church. God's been looking for you before you ever thought that God can love you again. God's been seeing you come back before you took a step towards him. God's been looking for you. That's the father that we serve filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. He didn't wait till his son came to him. He ran to him. He, and listen, when, God, when Jesus was saying this, he was breaking every paradigm of what it meant for a father to do this. A father was a stately individual. A father was a patriarch of the family. A father was waiting for everybody else to administer love and and all of these things to him. He didn't run. He didn't do these things. That was too undignified. But Jesus is saying, I want you to see the undignified love that God has for you. The crazy, unadulterated love and mercy that he has for your life. He will run to you. He'll run to you. When he sees you coming towards him, he'll run to you. He'll run to you. So he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on. Do you know the reason the son was coming Do you know the reason the son was coming? Do you know the reason the son was coming? He was coming because he was hungry. He was coming because he wanted something to eat. That's the reason he came. Look at this. 
Father, I sinned in both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But, but his father said to his servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house. Put it on him. Get a ring for his finger, sandals for his feet. Kill the calf of him, fatten him. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead, now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. What is going on at this moment? God just doesn't want to provide for your needs. He wants to unlavish his love on you. He wants to, with this unadulterated love, pour it out on you. You might be looking for your needs to be met, but God is looking for something to exceed your needs. That's the father we have. The one that breaks every thought of, well, I just need, I just, God doesn't work with just. He brings more than that. He's not God of enough. He's more than enough. And he just doesn't have what we need. He is what we need. Then it says this. Going back and forgive us our sins. We're talking about effective communication here. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. What you have received freely, you have to give freely. We loved the part about God forgiving our sins. Right? And uh, listen, it, there, there is some humility that needs to be there. So you, you actually do care about God forgiving you. Some, some of you are, are still riding high on that horse of pride <laughs> that thinks you, you, you haven't done anything that needs forgiveness yet. But I, but I would tell you that, that there is something about introspection that is so healthy to say, okay, where, where, God, where have I missed it? And, and, and where do I need to change? That, that's healthy. And, and we're so thankful. Aren't you so thankful that God forgives us? Aren't you so thankful that God forgets our, forgives our dumb stuff and our, and our whoopsies and why did I say that? And I know it was really good, but it was mean and I shouldn't have said it. Right? You know what I'm saying? You know, like it was a, the zinger, the, the uh, the, the clap back that you were like, they needed it. So I administered justice with my social media post. You know what I'm talking about? No, no one's wrong. Okay, okay. Or, or maybe the thoughts in the shower that you had. That you, I should have said this. I, and, and next time I see him, I'm going to be locked and loaded. You know, and then, and, and then you say it, and then later you're like, God, forgive me for I knew exactly what I was doing. We're thankful for that. Thankful for those moments that... that we thought maybe would never be forgiven, but God forgave in an instant. Thankful for those moments. Thankful for years of running and that God didn't make us have years of repenting. Just a moment. Just, God doesn't say it's, it's the same. No, 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 no. You just ask forgiveness and I, and I wipe it clean. We love that. But just as you for freely Receive that. You got to freely give that. So what has happened to you has to happen through you. What has happened to you has to happen 
through you. So if you have been forgiven, then you give forgiveness. Right? And some of us are wondering, God, do you even hear my prayers? Why is this thing in the template of having healthy communication and effective communication? Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Look at this one. This one talking about praying. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. I thought we'd be a little more excited about that one. I will say it again because maybe some of you don't really believe that. But I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. Some of you think I'm tricking you. This is not, I didn't write this. The, if you, listen, you can pray for anything, right? And if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. I mean, I mean that one's like, yeah. Like, I'm ready to go. Let's, I, I'm going to write down a list. I got a long one, and I'm going to believe that, and, and that is absolutely true. With it is verse 25. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Blah. I love verse 24. I hate verse 25. I love the belief for anything. I hate the, and when you're praying, if you need to forgive somebody, you need to, what? Some of you are wondering, God, do you hear me? And God's saying, yeah, I hear you. But there's something blocking your prayer. And it's your own unforgiveness towards somebody else. Let them go. And some of y'all know who I'm talking about. Let them go. Because if you don't let them go and forgive them, the things that you've been believing for are standing still. Because there's something blocking in your communication with God. And some of you are like, if I forgive them, it means whatever they did was okay. No, it doesn't. Still wrong. If I forgive them, it means they go free. No, it means you go free. Because the unforgiveness is a prison of your own making for yourself. Not for them. But every time you think that you hold on to your unforgiveness, you put somebody in prison and the only one is you. So when you let them go, you let yourself go. And all of a sudden you feel so much lighter. God will take care of those things. God will administer justice. And some of you are like, yeah! careful because I don't think you want that justice back on you because we love unmitigated forgiveness for ourselves but we want justice for everyone else 
and effective communication to the Lord says, just as I have received forgiveness, come on, I'm a freely given. That's, that's how we pray. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Let me, I'm almost done here. This last piece says, and let us not yield to temptation. I don't know how you drive when you see the yellow light. I don't know if some of you brake or some of you hit the gas. I'm not here to judge, but we all know that when you see a yellow light, what it should mean. <laughs> I got some big time sinners up in front that need some major prayer. And are just wanting patience so bad and just don't know how to get it. Uh, I, um, I, I thought about that. I mean, that yellow light, that yield. Slow down, caution, watch out. And then that, that sign yield, the, the red, it looks like a stop, but it's just like, hey, slow, slow, slow. And the enemy would love to use temptation to slow you down. Because God is wanting you to run the race that he set out for you. But temptation has a way of slowing you way down. And unfortunately, if you, if you yield to temptation too long, you will what? Stop. And this yielding to temptation, it might be you're tempted to make a God out of your emotions. Instead of realizing who God really is. Meaning you will act the way you feel all the time instead of tell your feelings the truth. Maybe some of you are tempted to give up because it is too hard to keep believing for something that you haven't seen and it's starting to make you slow down. Maybe some of you are tempted not to let God do the deep work in your soul because it's too painful. But God has been knocking at the door of your heart for a while, said, let me into that space that you've held off for far too long. I don't know what kind of temptation you're dealing with. Maybe it's just something you know is toxic to you, but you can't say no. I, I don't know what it is. All I know is, is that temptation starts making you slow way down. And that's why Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 talks about this and says, let us throw this stuff off. Now that we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set out before us. Temptation has an ugly way of slowing us down when God wants us to run. 
And maybe some of you right now, you're dealing with a feeling of like, man, I just feel like God, God wants me to go this way, but I'm just, I feel like the brakes are on my life. I, I want to let you know that God has given you a way out. Remember what Jesus said when we come to pray. What do we say? Deliver us from temptation. That's got to be a part of your prayer. God, get me away from things that are slowing me down. Get me out of situations that are bringing me down. God, I don't want to be in places that are putting the brake on the future and the plan that you have called me to. God, I want to be in a place where I can run unfettered, where I can run with freedom, where I can run the places that you've called me to run. God, I want to go the speed at which you've called me to go. So God, get me out of those places. But if this isn't a part of your communication to God, right? Guess what happens? Your prayers are accepted, but they're not being as effective as they can. So you go back and you say, God, I'm entering with worship, you being the gift. After that, then you say, God, don't pluck me out. Bring your kingdom in. Right? Come on, church. This is, this is how we communicate to God. Then after that, we say, God, I see you as provider. I, God, there's not one need that you cannot meet. And God, I know that you're going to bring even more than that. God, I'm not looking at myself to bring these needs together. I'm looking to you. Then you say, God, I'm so thankful that you've forgiven me. And God, if there's anybody that I need to let go, if there's anybody I need to forget, I'm doing that right now. I'm not holding on to that junk anymore. And God, get me out of any situation that will slow me down running the race that you've set out for me. I'm telling you, if we start praying prayers like that, waking up in the morning, God all of a sudden is going to move things that we never thought would be able to be moved. Why? It's effective communication. It's exactly how Jesus said to pray. Now, does he... Does God hear every prayer? You just yell help. Does God hear it? Absolutely. I'm not telling you he is some ogre that you have to do this, 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 this. this. No, no, no. He hears everything. But, but God help me grow in my communication with you. So just like he said, come on, let's fill this room.